Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. These are things everybody needs. You need to be fed uh, ongoing, on a regular basis. That's why you need to go to church, not just a church, but a church where they preach the Word. Amen. Something that, that's, and every message doesn't have to be on faith, but it needs to be in faith, of faith, uh, trusting God, positive. Uh, uh, you never, uh, you know, get into something where it's not trusting God. It all has to do with trusting Him and walking with Him. So... Um, Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom with us. Let's release faith to get exactly what he would have us to, to receive today. Father, all of us uh, everywhere join in together by faith asking for utterance, for the anointing, for eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that can understand, for answers for today, for the quickening and manifesting of your Holy Spirit, building us up and recovering us and taking us up to a higher place in you, to your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in our text again in, in the Bible of Hebrews, the third chapter. We began this week uh, a new series, and it actually has uh, the, the title I'm just now giving you, but it's uh, Overcoming Unbelief. We talked about in previous lessons about how that we are overcomers and um, he that's born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We talked about that. And so if you weren't with us, go online and look, uh, find that series and uh, faithschool.org and it won't cost you anything. There's no charge and it'll help you. You'll get more out of what's happening now to get that background. But we talked about the faith that overcomes. Now we're, we're going into specific areas, overcome what? What do we overcome specifically with our faith? And the first thing we're going to talk about is overcoming unbelief. And that is something to overcome. And you'll see uh, in Hebrews 3, like we've been talking about previously this week, it was the thing that robbed God's people of his best, of what he had for them. In Hebrews 3 and 7, he said, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of the temptation in the wilderness. He repeats that phrase. That's a quote from the 95th Psalm and also other places. But he repeats it, what, like three times or, or more here? Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. 
Pay attention to his voice. Listen to what he said and don't harden your heart. Now, why would he keep saying that? Unless it was pertinent, unless it is happening too much, uh, is going on now. You, I've encountered, having been in the ministry now for uh, 40 plus years, I've encountered over and over again people that are bitter. Bitter about what happened to them in life, bitter about what didn't happen for them in life, bitter they thought they were going to be this or do this, bitter, 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 uh, bitter against other people who failed them or they perceived, you know, betrayed them or whatever the case might be. That word bitter is directly connected to hard because that's what happens if you, uh, you know, feel hurt. You, you will go through the range of emotions of being hurt and then getting mad and then being hard. And that's what these folks did. And the reason we're talking about it is because that is part and parcel of unbelief. Many have not made the connection, but uh, when you see people, because in our society, folks think, well, if somebody's hurting, then they need, to, they need a hug, you know? They need to be shown pity, and, and they need to be consoled. Not necessarily. <laughs> if it is a refusal to believe, all the coddling in the world is not going to help it. It's not going to change the situation. You want to be touched with the feelings of people's infirmities and weaknesses. You want to care, but you want to do something that helps, right? Because if you really care about somebody, you don't want them staying in that bitter, defeated, hurt, mad state because that's darkness and it's defeat. And it just gets worse and worse the longer it goes. And that's acting like there's no God. That's acting like there's no help. There's no answers. God can fix anything. Amen. True or not? Yes. God can get you out of anything. Yes. If you'll listen to him. Isn't that what he starts off? What, what's it? Today, look at verse 7. Today, if you'll do what? Hear. If you will hear his voice. The biggest problem on the planet is that people won't listen. You might think, really? The biggest problem? That's the biggest problem on the planet. Why? Because like we just got through saying, God can fix anything if you listen to him. Right? But if you won't listen to him, seeing as how he won't make you believe, he won't force you to obey, then you get in a place where God himself can't help you. And if he can't help you, nobody else can help you. And that's the worst place you could possibly be. And that's not because it can't be fixed. Why would that be? Because you wouldn't listen. You won't listen. And that is pervasive all over the planet. I mean the defiance, the rebellion, the disobedience, the Bible says the spirit of disobedience 
is over the planet. And Satan is called the God of this world, and he is the most rebellious against God's plan of all. And he has breathed uh, in this disobedience and this rebellion and defiance into the children of men. But there's a group in the earth <laughs> that have rejected that. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a group of believers. Amen. Oh, are you one? Yes. Are you? Somebody say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And that's, a believer means you are one who listens to God. You listen to him. And not only do you listen to him, you believe what he says. Yes. And not only do you believe what he says, you do what he says. Yes. Oh, what an idea. <laughs> Somebody say, I'm, I'm, a doer I'm a doer of what God says. I believe what God says. I receive what God says. And I'm willing to do what God says. That means anything can be fixed in your life. <laughs> that means nothing is an impossible situation with you. Because even though you might not have a clue, and there will be situations where you don't, you, you think, man, I'm in a mess. What am I going to do? I, I don't see any way out of this. I don't know anybody who knows any way out of it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> Ask him. Is that right? Inquire of the Lord. Ask for his guidance and his wisdom. And when you hear from him, he's faithful. He'll show you. He'll speak to you through his word and by his spirit and through others. And he'll speak to you. And when he does, here's the thing. Hear his voice. Don't harden your heart against that. Even if it sounds very different than what you thought or what you thought you wanted or how you thought it should be. Hear what he said and don't harden your heart against it. Now let's keep reading because he, he, he applies that directly to us. He says, uh, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. With God, it's always about the heart. In this life, we will always be lacking in knowledge and information. We, we know in part, the scripture says, that means there's parts we don't know. And it's all the stuff we don't know that can leave holes in our understanding and perception. But that's not, that won't keep you from getting your needs met or, or having a good life. Or, that alone won't keep you from that. Uh, he goes on to say, don't harden your heart. He said, they err in their heart and they've not known my ways. It's not a head problem that'll stop you. It's not a lack of information problem that'll keep you out. It'll always be a heart problem. And you know, man looks 
on the outward appearance, the scripture said. But where does the Lord look? He looks at the heart. He knows that, you know, compared to him and compared to what needs to be known, you are a tiny little child <laughs> in knowledge. He knows that. He didn't expect you to know everything. But you can be as clueless in your head as a blank sheet of paper, and yet in your heart, trust God. Amen. Is that right? You say, well, I don't see, I don't know, but, but, Lord, I trust you. I'm looking to you. I'm relying on you. Your heart can be right when your head is wrong or your head's empty. And so he, he said, you know, it wasn't because they didn't know enough scripture. It wasn't because they didn't know enough period that God was grieved with them. It's because of the, how their heart became over a period of time. They became disrespectful. They became defiant. They became sarcastic. And why are we talking about this? Because he, the very next thing he says, verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. Now see, he, this is us. He's talking to us now. He's saying, take heed, watch out, beware, lest the same thing that happened to them happen to you, and then you need to be exhorting each other daily, which is what I'm doing, waving my arms around right now. <laughs> what, what am I saying? Don't do what they did. Don't do that. What are we going to do? We're going to do what Caleb did. He had a different spirit. We're going to do what Joshua did. We're going to do what those who had faith, the patriarchs of old Abraham and Sarah and, and all of these, Jesus, we're going to do what they did. And, but it won't be automatic, and, and we're warned that we can be contaminated by this evil unbelief that is so pervasive in the ungodly world. You've got to watch because it's subtle. It's really subtle. Subtle means it's not obvious. What do you mean? Everything you see and hear that is without God, no God in it, it'll be faithless without the label. <laughs> and it'll be negative. And it'll be disrespectful. And it'll be always talking about the bad side of a thing. It'll always be talking about the need or the failure. Are the impossibility. Have you noticed how much of the news is bad news? Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the vast majority of what people call news is only bad. Bad. And just in normal conversations, the bit is negative. And there's a, a sharpness and a bitterness. Sarcasm is wildly popular in our generation. Saying things uh, that you don't mean, but saying it is so disrespectful. And see, that's what the Lord was saying. 
And he said, I was grieved with that generation because they, they never, they always going the wrong way in their heart and they never learned my ways. Well, as a real child of God, you hear that, you think, I want to know his ways, Amen. right? And that's what he's saying. Don't, don't do what they did. Don't go that way. Uh, hold your place here and go to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And you'll see that this is not an isolated instance in the New Testament. The Spirit of God, through the writers of the New Testament, are just continually referring to the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the Old Testament. Why? Because truth is truth, and God never changes. Our covenant has changed. Our, our being made righteous is changed. It's not by keeping the law. It's by what Jesus has done. But faith is exactly the same as it was in Genesis. It works exactly the same. And unbelief is the same. Fear is the same. All these things are the same. So in 1 Corinthians 10, he says, uh, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, or that means food, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them or accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Now see, this is a New Testament perspective of what happened to them. What, what does that mean? Everything that happened to them is portraying realities in Christ. The water coming out of the rock, the rock was Christ. Hallelujah. The manna falling out of the sky that they all ate and kept them from starving. There's a whole chapter in John 6, Jesus talking about, I'm the manna that came down from heaven. And so uh, we must not neglect the, what, what's called the Old Testament because you won't see, uh, you know, so much of the new. You just won't see. You won't even relate to it. You won't understand what he's talking about if we do. So he said, uh, verse 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And that's what we were just reading about in Hebrews 3. Now these things were what? Our examples. They're examples for us. To the intent, we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And that was worshiping that golden calf instead of God. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Now, see, people sometimes have read those things and go, well, you know, thank God all that's over. That's got nothing to do with us. It, that's not true. Can you tempt Christ today? Can you yield to wrong things today? Yes. Yeah. And, and would it affect your life today? Yes. yes. That's what he's saying. And, and it, wouldn't, it wouldn't mean that you were lost and you're not saved. 
but it can mean that you forfeit things you should enjoy. You miss out on some things that's God's will for you and it's already bought and paid for. Just because something's been given to us of God, that does not mean we automatically enjoy it. Any more than just because God gave them the promised land, they automatically enjoyed it. They didn't. The first generation did not enjoy it. They died without ever living in it. Thank God the next generation, led by some faith people, (laughs) right? Joshua, remember he's still around. Caleb's still around. They went in. They took it. They overcame what their parents didn't overcome, and that was unbelief. Said out loud, everybody, Lord, Lord, help me to see unbelief. So I give it no place. So I don't yield to it. And I don't let it rob me. Open my eyes. Show me what it is. What you're talking about in these passages. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're, we're on the, the hunt for it. So we can stamp it out. You know, you might want to wear your t-shirt. It says unbelief with a big stamp out on it. <laughs> we're against it. No unbelief here. No unbelief in this house. No unbelief in this church. And it is possible to, to not yield to any unbelief. It's a choice. Keep reading. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them for what? In samples or examples. And they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. We are to learn much from what happened to them. That's why it's recorded. We have what God said to them. We have their response. We have God's response. We have the dealings with them, the struggles with them, not once, not twice, but ten major events, and then events after that, and then what ultimately resulted in them failing to go into the promised land. Are we supposed to learn from this? We are, I mean, you see it in Hebrews, you see it in 1 Corinthians, and there's other places too. You've heard the phrase, you know, it's good to to learn from your mistakes. Well, that's true. But there's something better. (laughs) There's something better than learning from your own mistakes. You know what it is? Learning from their mistakes. Is that right? Learning from other people's mistakes and going, wow, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I don't like what happened to them. I don't want that to happen to me. I'm not doing that. But that won't happen just because you you woke up this morning. You'll have to do something different than than what they did at those junctures. And even though maybe, you know, it's not that particular land that we're looking at going in, and it's not those particular walls or giants or whatever, The principle is exactly the same. And one of the first things to to safeguard against being tricked and, and failing in this is to understand that what happened to them 
could happen to you. Now people say, well, that's, that's a bad confession. Don't say that. That's what these next verses say. Are y'all with me? Yes. <laughs> Keep reading then. He said, uh, don't murmur like some of them murmured and were destroyed or destroyed. These things happen to them as examples that are written for our admonition. Verse 12, wherefore let him that thinks he stands do what? Take heed lest he fall. Is he talking to us? He's talking to the New Testament church at Corinth. We're part of the same New Testament church, just a different generation. Verse 13, there has no temptation. You can say trial or test. This taken you such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We, we're foolish if we think we won't be tempted to doubt. And you are, you are half defeated if you believe that. And that's where so many people are, and there's, there's a reason for that. The enemy, every time you hear something like this, he wants you to ignore it. Because he wants to trick you. He wants to fool you. So when you hear any kind of admonition, any kind of warning like this, uh, they're examples. You've got to watch that that doesn't happen to you. Immediately, he goes, oh, you'll never do that. No, nah, that won't bother you. No, nah, no, nah, you know, you, need, you want to hear something else. You just turn the page. And you are, that, that means you're vulnerable because you think you're a different kind of human being than they were. <laughs> you think all that's passed away somehow and not relative, not relevant. So, when the Lord says, watch out for this, take heed for this, uh, what do you want to do? You want to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, class, are y'all with me? Yes. I know this is maybe not, maybe not the most fun thing you ever heard, but this will save your hide. Mm-hmm. When the Lord says, take heed, what do you do? Take, take it seriously and take it personally. Don't just... Let it brush by and go, yeah, you know, I'm sure people here, some, some people here today need to hear that. Yeah, I think I know some people probably need to hear that. I do too. You. <laughs> you. <laughs> do we think God is giving utterance for people who are not here? <laughs> he knows who's here and who's going to hear this and who's going to see this. This is, somebody say it out loud, this is for me. This is for me. For now. So when he says, take heed, lest you harden your heart, lest you fall into unbelief like this, lest you get robbed like this, what do you say? Right. I better take this seriously. Not that I get in fear about it, but I must not ignore it. And I must make it personal. And then when he he ended up with this 13th verse, he's saying, no matter what what kind of challenge comes your way, God will make a way. Hallelujah. A way of escape. A way of victory. A way through it. A way over it. He will be with you. Nothing will be allowed to come against you that is too much for you to overcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Our time's up again. Say, "Thank thank you, Lord. I will trust you. I will trust you. You will cause me to overcome, and I will not fall.
Hallelujah. Well, come back with us tomorrow. There's a lot more to see here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 